0: Dive in to River River, Windsor. Ascot. Ascot, Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell. Bracknell, Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley, Henley. Reading, okay. The Voice,
1: River Radio,
0: of the Thames Valley.
1: I stumble to the kitchen for myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump
0: in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping with folks like me on the job from 9 to 5 Working 9 to 5
1: Thank you for joining me today for an hour of business chat. Whether you are just starting out in business or have been running your business for years and growing steadily, or perhaps you're working in a corporate environment and thinking of taking the plunge and doing something your own way in business, this is your show. Every week we have a different guest from every spectrum of business life. They will all share with you the highs and lows of running a business. We can learn from them about their industry. We discuss their business journey and their challenges, and you'll find that whatever size of business they represent, many of their challenges are the same, same ones that you and I are experiencing right now. If you've got a business-related question, why not email in on Fiona fiona.river.radio, and we can put it to our guest and help you with your query. This is an hour for you to listen in to all the many experiences that fellow business owners share And I think you'll find that we're not all that different and you'll hear many relatable stories or two. So let's talk business. Today, I'd like to welcome Mark Sapsard, co-founder and partner of CapEQ. CapEQ advises some of Europe's leading business owners, shareholders and entrepreneurs like you on strategic mergers and acquisitions. With a rare insight into global best practice, a vast international contacts list and the experience to unearth opportunities, it's a pleasure to welcome you to the studio today, Mark. Thank you. Hello. Now, how's your week going so far? Uh,
0: been an interesting week. Yeah, very busy, but nice. Thank you.
1: I'm glad to hear it. Enjoying enjoying the nice weather, I hope. Absolutely. Not, not too stuck in an office. Um, now, I'm told that a few professionals, that of the few professionals, you have led, overseen and facilitated quite as quite a lot of many... Transactions and Correct. very few has done have done as many as you. Now let me tell you, his personal tally exceeds forty five, but he's overseen at least a hundred more. Is this right?
0: Correct. So uh, seen overseen transactions all over the world.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I've got here at the UK, states, Netherlands, Australia, Spain, and Poland correct and there's probably some missing from that. And there are well. there's a
0: few in the Middle East and China as well
1: yeah <laughs> wonderful so today we'll be chatting about how we business owners need to appreciate both the good and the bad of of what is at stake in our business we'll also be going behind the scenes and finding out why some company acquisitions aren't always successful and why we all need to consider a strategy for our business exit Now discussing topics such as mergers and acquisitions or M&As, it's easy to slip into industry jargon and acronyms, but today we promise to talk in plain English. So, as I said, if you've got any questions or we slip up, do get in touch. And you can either use uh, my River Radio email, which is fiona at river.radio, or you can get in touch via our social media, which is River Radio Live. We've also got two of two of Mark's favourite tracks, and let me tell you, they're great ones. So it's going to be another packed show today. Right. So, Mark, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about what Q do?
0: I mean, so Mark Sapsford, um, I've been fortunate enough to be in the M&A industry for the last uh, 17 years um, and been again fortunate to be able to have done transactions all over the world, uh, as you've clearly said. Um, so a little bit of background on CAPIQ. CAPIQ is the first um, corporate finance house to be accredited with a B Corp certification. Um, what that means is uh, we had to go through a, quite a rigorous process in the first place to be even uh, uh, accepted to be able to go through that process. You basically go through an assessment phase which takes you um, probably about three to four months to, to go through the process. Then you submit to B Corp and B Corp then do an assessment over the year to make sure that you are What you've said you're going to do, you actually do and stand behind. And then after that year, they go through an accreditation process and then they accredited us last November. So we are, again, the first corporate finance house to have a B Corp. What that means to us, it means that uh, we all as a team have a huge ethical backbone of doing the right thing for our clients. But now we have B Corp over our heads, which says, you know, we have something to stand behind. That means Uh, people planet and profit of the three key areas for us in that in in that order so investment in our people uh, concern for the planet and making a profit that, that then takes local suppliers and everyone else around us with the team to invest in our team for the future so it's a collective in that sense
1: That's a rigorous process, isn't it?
0: It really is. It really is. I can't stress enough. And and to go through that and become FCA regulated at the same time Mm -hmm. was a a huge strain on the business. But it's something that we believed in from the beginning.
1: Well, that's really good to hear. So you believe in it and you followed it through. I mean, I I don't know how many B Corporation companies there are.
0: Over 5,000 in in the world at Mm. the moment. It's it's the fastest growing organisation. And and it is taking on this point of... um, from an environmental perspective using that as one example um you know we all talk about offsetting of of carbon and what have you for us as a as a corporate finance house if i go back in my history i was flying all over the world um and not offsetting anything but the point of b corp is not just to offset it's to be able to change the mentality and change the way you do business so using technology to to stop you from flying or reduce significantly Mm. your flying um, and using technology to aid the process but also to cut down on the on the carbon footprint that you have and then to do the offsetting and what have you to to actually say you do it
1: well very valuable Mm. but i think it's going to be something that well you said it's the fastest growing and i think we're going to see a lot more of it i agree but you're, you're one of the one of the first, which is fantastic. Now, tell me, whereabouts are you based?
0: So, we have an office in London, but predominantly out of feel in uh, Reading. Just okay, Reading. just just around the corner. Yeah, exactly.
1: And right. um, is there a particular type of client you work with, or a particular industry?
0: Um, We're sector agnostic. Um, I think realistically, our client goes from five to 150 million of turnover. um, Although we do go below that and where there's specific industries, but it's sector agnostic. Our process works across multiple sectors. There isn't somewhere specific. Um, Although each of the the partners, so there's three partners, each of us have a, a specialist where we've done more transactions than others. And I think it's probably the the healthcare and software um, waste, waste energy and waste is probably the the areas where we have a default to, but we're agnostic in that sense.
1: Yeah. Which also ties in really nicely with the B corporation, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah, I can see the fit. Um, And can you, I mean, is it easy to sort of describe to someone like me who doesn't know much about M&A, could you talk me through the process um, and, and, and just sort of explain and a simplistic overview, without the jargon, no, um, sort of just, you know, what exactly and how it works. Yeah, so uh, an
0: M&A process, and I'll, I'll try and keep this as short as I possibly can. Okay, so this is where uh, an organisation will come to us and say, look, we've identified that we want to go to market we want to sell our business so our challenge then is to to look around the world and identify targets that that would suit our client uh, for us it is about fit and ethos although money is important and maximizing the, ma- the 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 amount of consideration payable for our client's business is important for us the mindset is to find that right fit and ethos so they come to us and say look we want to sell our business we then will review the business take a deep dive on all of the information, making sure that we understand the business from, from start to finish, the, the history of the business, the people, the, the customers, the suppliers, and everything that makes that business work today. We do that assessment. We then do a financial assessment to make sure the financials are correct. And then from there, we then take it into the team to then build what's called an information memorandum. An information memorandum is effectively a book.
1: Sort of a catalogue or whatever of all the... Correct. All the highs, all the highs points, exactly
0: yeah. right. So it's a 15 or 20 page document that basically gives a, a purchaser enough information to understand that business well enough to go, actually, this is of interest to me and I want to, to meet with that buyer. We then put an NDA and non-disclosure agreement to, in place and um, we build the information memorandum. We do all the financial analysis to make sure that we understand the business and what the, the, the benefits are to a purchaser we go through that then we also then do research and research is the fundamental point of what we do it is the key of what we do in the sense that everything starts and ends with research so identifying the buyers from around the world that we perceive could buy this business and when we we identify the fit with them and then we re, and then after the client has approved all of that information we then go to market and then we contact literally every single one of those businesses we've identified Now, examples that that may be 80 to 150 businesses around the world that we are contacting on behalf of our client to say, look, we've identified you as a great fit for our client's business. By the way, here's the reasons Mm -hmm. why we want to talk to you and this is the reason why we want you to come to the table. And then we will bring them to the table, have dialogue with them, have a meeting with them and go through the process. From there, we will then get indicative offers in, which may be a letter letter of indication or a heads of terms both the same things get those work through that and negotiate those then get it from there to an acceptable offer and then go into due diligence which is six to eight week period and then complete
1: Goodness me. Yes. Okay. So that, well, thank you. That was a really good overview. And I can see now why your um, your contacts list is absolutely invaluable and growing all exactly. the time, I'm sure. Um, I've also heard that um, mergers and acquisitions is a very powerful socio-economic catalyst. Um, would you like to explain a bit about this? Because I think, I think it's quite easy for people to think, oh, that doesn't, you know, M&A doesn't affect me. But actually it does in that, that environment so would you like to explain a bit about that it
0: does it's it's huge in the sense that um as you rightly say unless you're living in that world or you are impacted by a merger and acquisition as in you are in a business and it then gets acquired the reality is the reason why it's being acquired is for it to grow it is not for it to stagnate or stay as it's it may have a technology it may have people and a lot of what's going on in the last past year or 12 months is there's aqua hire, p- uh, uh, companies from around the world are buying individuals they're not buying the businesses they're buying the skill set because they're really struggling to identify key individuals in the world because there's you know serious, not enough people on That's the market the skillset, yeah. so they're looking for the skill set so they are acquire- acquiring people but predominantly it is about the growth of an organization so it 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 is fundamental to the growth of the UK or any organization for for Mergers and acquisitions to happen because it's we have, and we're incredibly fortunate in this country to have great skill sets, great engineering capability. And yes, it may be acquired by another nation or another company, but that means that business then goes on and grows and flourishes if we can't find that suitor in the UK.
1: Okay. And I'm, I don't even know if there is such a thing, but how do you decide on a price tag?
0: Yeah, really good question. Really good question. So we always say to our clients, look, you know the value is what someone's willing to pay for it our job as a team is to identify the synergies between the two organizations to identify the the nicheness of what we're taking to market and to and and then to drive value from there and realistically it's within the eye of the beholder and also by bringing as much choice to the table as possible so not just going to your local competitor to ask them if they want to buy you mm. going a lot wider than that from that, and then going out of sector, don't stay within the sector that you you operate in. go wider than that, and if you go wider, then there's value for a business to get into your sector and exploit that sector with their knowledge that they have so value is 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 many many layers, yes. many, okay. many areas to get to
1: and I can see that's where you bring your expertise because you'll you'll be able to see a fit in something that perhaps the business owner hadn't considered and it it works both ways absolutely
0: absolutely Um,
1: and then also makes me think as a business owner and this is perhaps on smaller businesses but i mean it could still be bigger businesses that have grown and still privately owned um bringing up or i feel as i to say it's like bringing up a baby you know that your business is often feels like your baby it must be very difficult for some people to let go there's such emotional attachment I mean, have you come across this? And how do people get sort of? How do you help cut those emotional ties?
0: No, no. no, And I agreed. Look, it 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 is every company that we work with Mm. has this issue, and I always in my way, refer to the process of a client going through the journey is for us when we're doing our preparation phase, um, it's it's as if you're at a theme park and you're in the, in the queue and you're going up and down and up and down waiting to get on the ride. So all the preparation is in that phase. It's mundane, it's bore, it, boring, boring. Depending on which way you sit, um, and then once you get on up onto the platform, when you're getting on the roller coaster, which is then when we go live to market. Now all of a sudden, all the emotions start coming to the fore. Now, as you rightly say, it's your baby. It's something that you've worked, you know, incredibly hard on to get to that point. Now all of a sudden, you feel like you're a little bit out of control. You've now you're now you know sitting in front of buyers that are now pulling holes in your mm. business, seeing all the things you may Difficult. have done wrong and all the things, yeah. Um, but but reality is we go through this process and some, peop- some business owners fall out of love with their business and this is the reason why they're selling. And then when we start this process and because we're digging out and unearthing all the good things that the business has created and all done, they start to fall back in love with their <laughs> business. And so <laughs> we go through all these weird and wonderful emotions that go through it. And quite rightly so, you know. It's it's the biggest part. I say the biggest part, and I don't mean to be uh, detrimental to their families, but it's their biggest part of their lives. You know, that that it's it's everything that they've created, and now all of a sudden they're 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 going through this journey. And what happens is in this roller coaster ride at the final end, and and that may be in the last eight weeks, nine weeks of the final phase where lawyers are involved and we're getting all the the documents in place. Now, all of a sudden, there's there's a realization that what's post this event, you know, and depending on where they are in their life cycle, now becomes a really big issue of like, what am I going to do? I'm you know I'm seventy years of age. This has been my 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 baby and that in your mm. expression for the last thirty five years. What am I going to do? I'm I'm I've now don't have a status. I had a status of chairman or CEO yeah. or and and it's working through that and going through the liberation of this of going you've achieved something that most people don't don't achieve there's very few businesses get to the point that they start and are able to sell and then take it onto the next next journey so you as a as a as a shareholder have found the right home for your business and for the st- for the stakeholders which are all the employees and everything. you've got the future nailed down for them and they will go on and grow with the new organization so that's it's it's a hugely emotional thing for for everyone
1: i can see that so many emotions because it's as you say the the sort of um the attachment but you've also got the control and letting go of the control and then the sort of legacy and the whole you know leaving it in a place where you know it's in good hands for the future not just as a business but for your staff and employees and suppliers um so you must have to do a lot it's, of handholding. It's,
0: it's everything, and and that handholding happens on a Sunday, a bank holiday, a Christmas Eve. A, you know the the periods of time that that in that shareholder is away from the process, and is and then is processing what's going on, and often they they can't talk to their partners at, at that point in time because their partners aren't aware of all the information that's going on and it's and it's us that have all that info i or the 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 other two partners we have all that information so we're able to have a sympathetic ear we're able to give advice and and a more of a consulting element a more of a a friend and, and that's the key to us is this journey ends up with a friend and we have friends all over the world oh. that, that we, we really care for. But it's, that's the thing because yeah. you, you get so deep for this over a long period of time. Yeah.
1: On so many different levels, I can see that. Absolutely. And I suppose if you end with a friend, then that's job done, you know, job well done, isn't it? As I said, I mean, it's a, it's not why you do it, obviously, but the point is it just goes to show that it's, it's all. Coming together and working well, properly. it is. It's huge, yeah.
0: and that's and, and and I think we we aim to get the reference for us. Mm. The reference and the friend at the end of it is we've done as you rightly say. We've ticked all the boxes.
1: And I was going to say, is that would you call that sort of one of the best parts of your job, or is there something else in your role?
0: No, I'd say that is. I'd say that is. It's not about. Um, it, it's about you know finding that right home, being able to stand up when when the shareholder announces to all of the team what what has gone on and what they've done. Knowing that that future of that business is going to go on and grow, and and puffing our chests up occasionally when you, you're going along up the, on the road or whatever, and you see a business that you, you've sold and you know it's gone on to great great things, is an amazing feeling. Yeah, an it amazing must be. feeling. It must yeah. be.
1: But then, of course, there's always a flip side. And is there a particular element of your role that you would say is the one that you you know you don't look forward to the most? Shall we say? Um,
0: I I wouldn't say. Don't look forward to. I think there are sometimes um, things uh, that are challenging within business. So you you may think you know everything in business, and then something comes from left field, and uh, you've got to think on your feet at that point in time. So I wouldn't say I don't enjoy it but I don't like surprises. But in Mm. our industry, you're constantly surprised all the time. So it's it's just dealing with that. If that's that's something you don't
1: like. No, but it's true, isn't it? I I mean, for example, I I love... I love everything I do about my business, but I, so I suppose it's not that I don't enjoy it, but there's definitely a hierarchy, isn't there?
0: Absolutely. It is. No, absolutely. <laughs> that's interesting.
1: Um, and if you were talking to someone who was thinking of setting up as a business owner, and I know you're, you know, sort of, you might appear at the end of their business journey or, or maybe not, we'll, we'll cover that. Um, is there a sort of certain skill that you think that, um, you think or a, t- or a sort of, um, a, a tip you want to share with someone who's thinking about setting up a business? Yeah. I think
0: the, the I suppose the biggest tip I would say to someone is, you know, when you set up a business from the beginning, and this will sound absolutely crazy, but think about your destination. Where where do you want to, this business to go? So if you want it to go and grow it substantially bigger, um, you perceive you've got a great product that's gonna grow exponentially, then build the business Bigger than what, as in processes, put all the processes in place right from the beginning. So think about the destination you want to end up. That sounds crazy when you're one person sitting in a room <laughs> going, well, I've got a great idea and I think it can go somewhere. And then all of a sudden you're putting in processes that are for a team of 20 or 30 or 40. What I mean by that is just just think about where this is going to go. Where Where do you think you're going to take this business? And if you're going to take it, build those processes, build processes all the way through because... When you, and you don't know that you may have got a product that is absolutely second to none in the market. If you've got these processes in place, when you do come to sell or you're having conversations or you are approached, you can be able to go, Yeah, I've got everything in place. Here's all the documentation. Here's everything. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to be bought over and above someone else who may have a similar product.
1: That is very, very wise words. I suppose it's future-proofing, isn't it? It is, it is absolutely. Um, And I like that sort of, yeah, thinking about where you want to be and building it Bigger, but you're, it does sound. At the same time, you are thinking, "Yes, but hold on, it's just yeah, me." Exactly just right. Me. I'm, just sitting, <laughs> I'm
0: just sitting in a room trying to work out what I'm going to do. Yeah. I, I absolutely wonderful, agree.
1: wonderful. Okay. Well, thank you for that. Um, let's move on to your first chosen track. Um, this is a uh, spectrum. Say my name by Florence and the Machine. I'm just wondering, is there a story behind it?
0: Yeah, it's close to my heart um, uh, from my daughter and I and my uh, granddaughter. Oh,
1: um, congratulations! Uh,
0: thank you. Uh, it's our favourite song, and she bounces around with it and with. And she's two years of age, and puts her hands in the air. So it's it's just oh. a powerful song for us. Happy memories. As, yeah.
1: Right, let's let's play that now. When we first came.
0: Radio is
1: here. Yay!
0: Spread the word.
1: Hello and welcome back. You are listening to me, Fiona Johnson, on River Radio, the business source. Thank you for listening in today. Today we are joined by Mark Sapsford from CapEQ. They specialise in helping businesses navigate the world of selling, buying and developing mergers and acquisition strategies for their businesses. So don't forget, if you've missed part of today's show, you can listen again via Catch Up, which is either through the website, which is river.radio, or download the River Radio app, or search for River Radio's The Business Source and listen as a podcast via the usual channels. And if you want to get in touch about any of the discussions we're having today, drop me an email, fiona at river.radio. Now, this is the part of the show where we do our little quiz. And I've got some questions to run by Mark. So, Mark, are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Excellent. Right. Um, Do you prefer Marmite or peanut butter?
0: Uh, Peanut butter.
1: Good choice. Uh, um, Beer or wine? Uh, Beer tea or coffee? Tea. Rugby or football? Rugby. Cats or dogs? Cats. Are you a night owl or an early bird? Early bird. I always think that question just sort of it really is Brings you know when you want to know what what the person behind the the business person oh. is it's like oh okay early bird. Um do you have a favorite way of sort of spending your downtime?
0: um yeah just switching off uh, um and when at whatever time that is just sitting in front of a television and just just yeah. that's it switch off
1: yeah my, are you good at doing that uh i try oh it's difficult <laughs> I, isn't it exactly and right. I actually think i think as we get older we sort of learn how important it is actually yeah. yeah um and not think oh, just do one more thing but to go, no it's really important that i have the downtime so absolutely sort of restock we re- re- recharge that battery i suppose um when or maybe i should say if you have a holiday um would you prefer a relaxing break or an adventure holiday um
0: relaxing but um both wife and i both my wife and i like Going away, but exploring. So I think it's probably a little bit of a blend of the two, but exploring and going and getting under the culture of a country oh. rather than just sitting on a beach, if yes, that makes okay.
1: sense. But somewhere which has perhaps got that relaxing yeah. atmosphere, but with something to Yeah, like dig Vietnam
0: into. or Cambodia oh, or wow. places like that. So yeah. where you've got a bit of culture and, and history and what have you.
1: So right you're well travelled then.
0: I yeah, I've got yeah. around a lot. Yes.
1: Lucky you. Do you have a favourite city? Um favourite city? All, all, no, I've
0: got, a, I've, got a, I've got a blend of cities, you know, because I lived in lived and worked in New York for three and a half years, so I, I've got a, New York's got under my yeah. skin. Um, but then, you know, you've got Flo, uh, Rome or Florence, um, France, where we just went to just recently was just a beautiful city. I just fell in love with that. So, I think there's multiple cities if you blended them all into one yes that'd thing. be nice wouldn't if, it? Exactly if you could right. have
1: your dream city there you go yes i'll it would... have that little section there and then i'll mix yeah. that in
0: and, and they're all food related actually. Oh. to be fair <laughs> there are all different restaurants in, in different countries
1: Yeah, we've into. got to the bottom of it go. it's all to do with food oh, brilliant um and outside of work do you have any particular hobbies or interests you'd like to share with us uh
0: other no, other than walking, uh, our industry just absorbs huge amounts of time, and and it's a sad reflection on on where we are in the sense that, um, yeah, we, we're working a lot because yeah. of the because of the time zones. You have daytime and nighttime, and and depending on if you're working on a transaction with an American purchaser, you're burning the nights. Of course. So, Outside of that, no, in the last few years, no. No, so uh, but, I, but I love rugby. Oh, so okay, that's right. Okay, but that was a
1: good rugby. question. But we yeah. don't get the chance to play, I would have thought. No, 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 no. no not no. with different time well, zones. And and I'm and
0: a little bit too old for getting the bruises as well. I'll take that. Sure. Yeah.
1: Just bounce. Yeah. <laughs> um, and could you describe yourself in three words? Wow. Um, pa- wow, that's, that's throwing just me now. Putting
0: people um, on the spot, isn't it? Um, uh, passionate. Um, excitable, I suppose, that was a word that was used the other day, and uh, caring, I think oh, is probably where I come from.
1: I think I can see that. And it, this okay. is what I love about asking. I mean, it's a horrible question in the sense to put someone on the spot. But so often, I can see exactly where those words have come from, just in the, the first section of our of our meeting and our, our interview, okay. because that has come through. So, you know, the caring, definitely. Thank that you. That has really come through. Okay. Wonderful. Thank you for for doing that. You've you've passed the test. Well done. Um, And we also always ask our guests to recommend a book or a podcast that's resonated with them. Um, It might be that it's helped you to grow your business or it's helped with developing a particular skill. And sometimes it's just something that's perhaps resonated on a personal level. And also, it can also be very difficult to recommend only one. But I don't know if you've got a book or a podcast you'd like to recommend today. Oh, okay. So was that... Oh, well, that's right. Now, we talked about this off-air. Yes, it was the Simon Sinek yeah, book, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, now that's called Start With Why. I'll start With we Why. We talked about that. And starting with why, why do you like this book? That's a dreadful pun. I'm so sorry. No,
0: you're all good. <laughs> um, so Why I, I think this book, for me, says um, how we, as an, or any organisation, should, should sell their services. And it's starting with the why rather than the what and the how. Um, and that's essential of... Uh, Apple, if you think about an Apple product and how they sell their products, it's around the why. Why do I need this in my life? And then it's the what and then the how and how does it affect our lives. And I think for us uh, in, in any service industry, you need to start with why. Why Why do we provide this service? Why are we providing a solution to you? And I think it's important to, to, to sell our services and, and in any organisation to sell from that way. Not the what or the how. It's start with the why. Why do we do what we do? And then And I think people assimilate to that, understand it more easily on why you do what you do and why that's important to them. And then it becomes, it, it's more of a, I think, a deeper relationship between you and your customers.
1: I was going to say, it comes back to that emotion piece, doesn't it? It does. Because, I mean, I, I know this with, with Apple as well. They're they're selling an emotion and there's lots of different emotions in that, which I'm not going to go into, but this is kind of your, and that's why it's the why absolutely. is the absolutely key word. I know that's a very, very popular book. Um, it but really if, is. Yeah, that's good. And I, I know, as, as a result means you can get it anywhere, um, but Literally. thank you. So your recommendation is start with why by Simon Sinek thank you very much um now I'd love to find out a bit more about your your background your business journey and how you ended up not only really with this amazing contacts book but you know where you started and, and how you you grew and developed your career and and your business would you like to share a little yeah, bit with us
0: by all means so um starting my uh, So going right back in my career, um, I was in the Royal Air Force for seven and a half years, working in logistics, and... That entailed working with airlines and shipping agents around the world. Um, I did that for seven and a half years, then left there and then worked for ExxonMobil, um, and worked for ExxonMobil for nine and a half years, um, on the aviation side. So working with airlines around the world. At, so
1: traveling at, again.
0: Well, not traveling in the sense of working for Heathrow. So working on the fuel right. size and fuel distribution and contracts. Um, so did that for 9 years and then um left there then went to a headhunting business um, that I started off as a should we say as a GM and then um become a shareholder uh, alongside a husband and wife team which we then went on to sell and if I knew then what I know now I think I would have got a bit more money um and then went into M&A and then the last 17 18 years has been in M&A so um predominantly Then working in the UK initially for the first, as I said, for the first two years, then moving to New York for three and a half years to set up an American operation across America and then returning back to the UK and then opening offices right the way down to Australia. So that kind of gets me into M&A, then doing the first two or three transactions in each of those countries that we set up and gave me the experience and the knowledge to do what I do today.
1: Gosh, okay, right. That is quite varied. And I'm just wondering, I mean, you mentioned that you wish you'd known some of the things you know now. Absolutely. Um, and I'm just wondering whether there's anything from being in the Air Force that perhaps as a skill you still refer back to. Um, yeah. You know, completely different industries, if you like. Um, they,
0: they really are. But I think there's a consistent underlying theme. Um, I think it, doing business is is fundamentally about people. And if you can understand people, and I think the Air Force gave me that ability to be put in situations that you know you know you're in another country at the last minute you're arriving you've got to build a network of people to get stuff done and so if you're unable to communicate and unable to, to assimilate or, or have a, an empathetic view and understand culture, then it just doesn't work. And I think that's the biggest skill set the Air Force could have given me was given me that situation of being dropped into situations <laughs> that it was like, right, make it work. And, and you're working with nothing with equipment arriving, but trying to get the local, the local population to help you and assist you to do what you need to do. So I think that's the biggest thing the Air Force could have given me. And that's been a consistent theme through, through my, my business career of dealing with people and working with people and understanding people and understanding you know what makes them tick and and the quicker mm. I can do that the better it is for everyone
1: um, and it also sounds like that's a skill that's so sort of ingrained and comes naturally to you perhaps I should say that you even do that when you're on your holidays exactly right. sounds of no, exactly <laughs>
0: right exactly right yes
1: oh that's great so um so you started out you've had a, obviously a long and well-established career um was there something that motivated you or perhaps inspired or maybe it was a, inspired you or it might have been a person that sort of made you think this is this is I want to go into m a yeah
0: yeah, I I think actually I've been fortunate to meet some incredibly people incredible people around the world. Um, I wouldn't say MA, I think um it it was just understanding business owners and understanding that there's no no one one product that everyone works with or one solution that everyone's got their own ideas and I'm fascinated by business and fascinated by how people make profit on certain things. You know, it, it, there's some crazy things I've worked with over the years. That if you looked from the outside, you would say there's no way that makes money and then you realize that it makes a huge amount of money employs a huge amount of people brings a load of benefit to suppliers and customers, and you just you just in awe of it and I think that 's the thing business is, is a fascinating thing and, and and the quicker you get under the under the skin of it yeah. the better it's really great and
1: it is lovely isn 't it being in that position where you can get behind the skin of a business and you you sort of get so involved; it becomes part of you almost. But then another month, or whatever you know, whatever the time frame is, suddenly there's another business, and it's like having these new challenges. Yes, yeah. which, which sounds like you thrive off.
0: No, we really do. And the journey itself is nine to twelve months. So you oh, are, you yeah. are, and we are incredibly fortunate. And, and I, I say fortunate to be effectively a seat on the board early doors of our process and then we we sit on the board throughout the whole process to get the deal over the line not not literally but we're there and we're, we know everything that is going on in that business so for us it's an incredible position to be in but it's insightful and, it, and you learn yeah. so much from from each business each business has its own nuance that you think yeah. wow that's just an incredible way of thinking about a problem or a solution
1: Yes, and that's, there's so much to learn. Yeah, you absolutely. To, I think you need to write a business book. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just thinking, it's it's warts and all, isn't it? Because But that doesn't mean to say the warts are a negative, because actually it's how they deal with those and turn them around to make a successful business. I'm thinking, oh, there must be so many insights and tips that you should, I hope you're making notes so that you
0: could write a book. <laughs> there is there is lots. Like there's a, some good ones yeah. and some bad ones yeah. as well that you come across. But I, it's uh, yeah, it's fascinating.
1: Yeah. Um, and is there something that perhaps didn't go to plan and that, or decision, that was made in your business journey that you look back and in hindsight think mm, I'm actually quite grateful that that went that way because I've learned the most from it
0: um yeah I mean um uh yeah, I think probably two and a half years ago, um, I was made redundant. Um, and then we set up CapEQ. So we're two and a half years old now. Um, if I reflect back, I wish I'd started it a lot earlier. Our own journey, because our own journey is unique. I mean, we're now a team of nine in two and a half years. We're growing so so strongly and um, that it's it you have a view of could I have done this years ago and probably not I think that that that's all part of the history and all part of the knowledge that we built over the years to be the team that we are now so
1: yes yeah. and I suppose that's the thing isn't it it's always you know so we say, oh if only if only but actually it would have been a different business had you built it many Absolutely. years
0: ago. Absolutely. And I think also we are one of the fortunate businesses that COVID has helped. It has changed the, the world of uh, uh, the industry that we work in because people don't want to be travelling at the moment and don't want to be face-to-face around the world. And so there's an acceptance of using technology now to drive that, which then helps us as a B Corp. So yeah. it's we're one of those fortunate businesses.
1: Wonderful. Well, thank you for that. And we're going to move on to your second choice of track which is a real step back in time um you've chosen depeche mode people are people um can you tell us why this is a particular favorite of yours
0: yeah this takes me back to being in germany in the royal air force and it was the uh, the song that underlined my time in germany so uh, oh. that's where it comes from oh,
1: which which uh, I, i'm trying to remember when it when it was that is it 80s 87 88 goodness me yes um brilliant and then when we come back we'll be discussing current issues and challenges that occur when dealing with businesses trying to build um acquisitions right so we have people are people depeche mode Welcome back. You are listening to me, Fiona Johnson, on River Radio's The Business Source. Thank you for listening in today. Today we are joined by Mark Sapsford of Q. How's it going so far?
0: Oh, really good. good. Really I'm, gl- it. I'm you.
1: glad you're enjoying it. And if you'd like to listen to the show again, or you'd like to recommend the show to someone in your network, you can listen again via the website, which is river.radio, or you can download the River Radio app and listen via that. Or you can find us as a podcast on the usual channels. That's Apple, um, Google, Spotify. Just search for River Radio, the business source. I mention my name, Fiona Johnson. Right, now we've actually got a question that's been emailed in from Sue in Newbury. She says, is there a best time to think about selling my business? She says, I'm not ready to retire just yet, but wondered if there were any signs I should be looking for that are triggers to consider selling.
0: Yeah, good question. So, um I think the the reality is there's no right time or wrong time. Um I think it's just considering it and keeping it in the back of your mind at all times. Um the reason why I say that is because you may be approached by a buyer that has identified your business is is a target for them, and being prepared for that is the best way of 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 putting your business forward to them and I wouldn't say directly sell to that business because that's not the way we believe you should be taking a company to market we believe you should look as wide as possible to find other suitors because if there is one company that's looking at you there will be multiple buyers so you need to look outside of that but I think there's you know I think it's Having the, the time to do it, as I said earlier, it takes nine to 12 months to do a transaction, to get a transaction away. So you're going to need at least 12 months. And then you've got to consider that post that, you're going to probably do some form of earnouts or deliverable that may take you another 12 months or 24 months at the, the extreme. So realistically, you've, you've very quickly killed you've got three years mm. there. So I think it's keeping that in mind. And, you know, at the end of the day, someone, uh, in fact, only yesterday, one of our clients said to us um, that they want to retire at 60 and we're in the process and they're coming to their 60th birthday. And their um, their statement was, uh, you have 10 years, of uh, the 10 good years they refer to as 60 to 70. So they don't want to use one tenth of that, as in take one year of their up to their 61st birthday. And I thought it was an interesting view into someone's mind of how someone processes age and what have you. And, and, you know, we see lots of owners that are 70 or 80 Mm. years of age. But I think that's the key. You know, don't get into a situation that you aren't able to enjoy the value of your business and i think that's key is if you're starting to plan start to think about that don't get to a point of 70 or 75 and then think well i'm going to retire then i'm going to have all and this money and years, I'll be able to do yeah. travel and do travel and all those mm. things and of course your health won't stay with you so that's the challenge i think if you're looking for a right pit pe- a wrong period that's probably it and a right period it's just when it's right for you and yeah. when you think you, you you're you're ready to go
1: and do, um, offers ever come out of the blue and businesses get approached when they're not expecting to? No, absolutely.
0: All yeah. the time. All the time. And, and, um, and I think that's, that it's, it, it you, you know as a business owner and this would come across really weird but business owners are incredibly flattered when they get an offer in from from or uh, uh, an inquiry into buying their business and and, and they reflect back and go well, that's amazing that someone would want to buy my business well absolutely would yeah. want to buy your business and it's taking that step back and saying okay wow okay is that something i want to do is that right for me? Is that right for the share, the stakeholders, all the individuals, employees? Is that the right thing? Have I got my business to a level that it's plateaued and been plateauing for the last two or three years? And realistically, I don't want to gamble all of my. Um, the, the equity on black and hope that it will work again. Do I think that the actual right fit for this business and for it to go on substantially is within, an, within an under the management of another owner. And I think that decision is, is key. And at that point, that's the decision of, of making the right decision for the business.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, yes, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? It is flattering, I suppose, but you've, you've got to go back to that. Why? And yeah, go, yeah, absolutely. Yep, it's exactly yep. Keep full exactly, circle. Exactly back right. to the wire. Yeah, okay. You go. Um Now we've also we're sort of discussing exit, exit strategies because that's a mouthful. <laughs> I bet you're better at saying that than I am. Um, and you know, do you believe that all business owners should start thinking about an exit strategy? I mean, I, I was. I don't know. Maybe most people do have one, but I'm sure there's a lots of people out there that don't have them, and maybe some people that are just starting their business. Um And is it you said right at the beginning? You know, have you no know, aim. Have a plan. Have a plan. Um, but what sort of things should one be thinking about when you're thinking about an exit strategy?
0: Yeah, and the reason why I say having an exit strategy is as your business is growing and you are, and for argument's sake, we're talking a, a, a small, medium-sized enterprise. So, you know, 5 million and above and starting to grow and now got a lot of employees and what have you. You have a responsibility as an entrepreneur to think about what that journey looks like for for, for the rest of the uh, the team and the employees. And so thinking about, what what is the exit strategy for you what do you want to achieve is it is it value is it is it a right home for the business is it taking it on to the next level and thinking about all these things and it can change can change literally over i would review it every two or three years and look back and go where is your destination where do you want to get to um Having that, then when you get the knock on the door and someone says, actually, I want to require you, you've actually thought about all these things yeah. and you can ask them the right questions on what are they going to do about, you know, if your three year plan is to grow to another, uh, for argument's sake, another hundred employees and you've got 200 staff now. What what are they going to do? Are they going to grow? Do they believe in your, your your growth? Do they believe in that strategy? Or have they got a different strategy? So you're now able to have a more, more constructive conversation with that person that knocks on your door and says, actually, I think I would like to buy you. Mm. And so it informs that, that conversation a lot more
1: makes me realize what uh, you know how important the fit is and and we talk about you know brand values and business cultures and things and actually how important that all is and i know sometimes that there are company acquisitions that aren't always successful would you like to sort of explain you know what why this might come about you know we like to think that everything is carefully orchestrated and all goes to plan but of course it doesn't always go to plan not
0: always and i think the the key to this is um uh, Acquisitions are done by um, often CEOs of all, larger organisations that um, this becomes a bit of sport to be able to go and buy and, and consistently buy other organisations. Um the danger is in that, that they don't think about what is going to be post event, what's going to happen post acquisition and, and the dust has settled and, and everyone's been told that they've now been acquired. And for us, it's spending a lot, a lot of time in our initial phases of, of speaking to purchasers and identifying where they see the future and what is that future and what is the first day, first week, first month. First quarter, first half, first year. What is that map? What is that roadmap we're going to go through so that the the organisations come together? Because going back to your baby comment, you know, business owners have their own culture that they've developed within their own organisation. And now you've got a purchaser that has a different mentality You've now got to blend those together and spending that time as much time as you can in the due diligence phase, if not before that, working out how those two cultures are going to come together. What is important to the to the team that you're acquiring? You know, do they if they're for argument's sake, they're like us, they're a B Corp, then fundamentally at the core of us is about the people, the planet and the profit. Well that that's core, that's who we are as a team. If we're then selling to an organisation, and I'll go back in my history, selling to an oil company or something, that kind of won't fit now with with where we are as a culture. Yeah, gosh, yeah. So it's 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 making sure that we can align with the two cultures and bring them together.
1: So, and there's obviously yes, there's a, the opportunity for culture mish, mismatch. Um, then I guess also you've got sort of I, general poor communication, just that, you know, there's all these are all pitfalls, aren't they? Yeah,
0: absolutely. And I think the other thing is when you are a small organization and you have you have those core fundamental skill sets of keeping everyone up to speed because you are a small team, you're able to articulate where the financials are and being and bringing that team with you. That then doesn't translate when you've got a bigger purchaser because a bigger purchaser doesn't, doesn't operate in that way. And so it's just taking and, and saying things are going to change in some ways, but some ways for the better because you now have better remuneration, you have better policies, better health. Care policies all these other things that come with a larger purchaser so there is a there is a blend
1: yeah and i suppose even if there was a sort of a bible or a handbook that says this is exactly what you do it's never going to work because every business is different just as we you know people are different and the people in the business are all different and there's hundreds of them so yes each one is unique and and needs to be handled with sensitivity and, and great communication um and another skill that I think often um gets overlooked is EQ, uh which, you know, there's lots of things that make up EQ. And in front of I'm just wondering, is that where your cap EQ comes Correct. from? Is it? it? Is the oh, EQ brilliant. Yes. Yes. Um because you realize you've obviously sort of recognized the importance of it. Yeah. Um But I think empathy in business and empathy as part of the sort of EQ makeup is is a huge, it's always important, but I think it's perhaps more important than it's ever been in business today. Is that something you see?
0: It is, and ultimately, as you might say, the EQ piece comes from, you know, the the emotional intelligence that we all have as a team to understand that going back to the roller coaster ride, you know, it is an emotional process. It has different motions all the way through it. So having empathy, an emotional intelligence and empathy and an understanding of what they're going through. And sometimes it's completely irrational. It's irrational to the the point of, of, you know, just understanding information, unable to process the information at that point in time and just asking them to step back and thinking about, you know, we've got time and we'll work through this together. And I think that's absolutely key. And within within business at the moment and after the last couple of years have, have been incredibly challenging for a lot of businesses, having that empathy and understanding is, is absolutely key to, yes. to finding the way through.
1: And it seems odd to be calling empathy a challenge. Yeah. But I think it is a sort of modern day challenge as a business owner, not just to have the empathy, but it's, you know, the to to receive the empathy or whatever it is, wherever you are on your journey. But it's, it's absolutely invaluable to have that. And I, I love that you have built that into your name. That's fabulous. Um, so what does the future hold for CAPEQ?
0: And um, what does the future hold? Well, uh, doing what we do and um, working with more business owners uh, around the world well, within Europe predominantly at the moment, um, and that is the growth that we see. Um, and just working with interesting businesses, I just uh, every day is a, an adventure, um, and every day we get reached out to help and assist businesses, and we just love what we do. So I think maybe the team will get slightly bigger. But uh, it's fundamentally doing the right thing by business owners is what we we set out to do.
1: I'm just thinking, if you're you're obviously looking to Europe, does that present its own challenges?
0: Um, I think it did pre-COVID, not anymore. Um, I think because of, as I said, technology is now utilised so much that um, business owners are happy to do uh, uh, and operate on Zoom and Teams and and all the other technologies that we have to do our job. Um, that's that's how that I think the world may well stay and uh, and reduce the flying time and everything and what we're doing and we're seeing that with Heathrow not flying as oh. many business people around. Yes. Um, I think the world may well have changed.
1: I mean, it has, and obviously we're all now much more adapted at, at, at using the technology. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there is still a place for the person-to-person meeting, but I think you can you can then cherry pick if you like and you know when it's invaluable and when you can get away with a zoom or a teams meeting
0: you, you can and i think it's in the initial phases for us um there is going to be a face there will have to be face-to-face meetings just at that final phases and making sure the culture is right mm. uh, and if there's products or whatever it needs to be sold but um, if you've got software or whatever, the software is just transportable, yes. so everything can be done virtually up to the final point.
1: But actually, you mentioned culture. That's really interesting, isn't it? Because you know how much of that comes across on a digital meeting. Absolutely. So actually, there at some point, it's absolutely critical to then go and, and do the touching and the feeling. It really you like. is. Yeah.
0: It really is. And and you know certain cultures we all know we all point to that like the Japanese culture it's specifically there is a routine and there's a regiment and how that those, those meetings are held and I think you need to do those face-to-face you can't do them on zoom yeah. calls
1: very different culture very different culture wonderful but um thank you very much for joining us today uh, Mark on River Radio the business source um, but before we wrap up if someone wishes to find out more about your business what's the best way for them to do that
0: so Feel free to contact us. Probably best to go on our website. So it's um, www.capeq.capeq.com, And uh, all our contact details are on there. And please feel free to reach out to us. And thanks for having us today.
1: It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, Thank you, Mark. And if you like what you've heard today, why not follow us on Facebook or Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn? Just search for River Radio Live. You'll find updates and the latest show and news from behind the scenes. Don't forget to like and share and let us know what you think of our shows in the comments section. That just leaves me to say that Sophie is back next week. And if you've just tuned in would like to listen in full to Mark Sapsud of CapEQ sharing his vast experience on buying, selling and M&As, then why not listen again as a podcast, either via the website, which is river.radio or download the River Radio app or search for us as a podcast via the usual channels. Just search for River Radio, the business source. Thank you for listening in today. It's goodbye from me, Fiona Johnson. It's been a pleasure having you with us. I tumble out of bed and I stumble
0: to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping